I like to have people have on introduce themselves. So like give us your name, your pronouns, what instruments you play, that sort of thing. Cool. Okay. Um, I'm Sebastian. I use he, him pronouns. Um, I play uh, in chatter with Dory. I play the drums, but I also like play guitar in other bands. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm Dory and I use she or they pronouns and I sing and play guitar and chatter and I do vocals for Duckus and yeah. Gotcha. Um, oh, I also want to go ahead and apologize in advance. Um, the Wi-Fi where I'm at is like really weird. We're like the connection speed's usually fine, but for whatever reason, it'll just drop out randomly every so often. So like if I lose connection, just like give me a few moments and I'll come right back. Okay. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, no worries at all. Uh, we're like, we're kind of like working with like a semi-busted phone plugged into the wall. So it's okay. <laughs> And also, I think there there's a leaf blower next to our house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, it doesn't pick that. That'd be a nice ambiance. I mean, y'all's audio uh, is probably better than mine. Like, I'm at my school, so like, I felt there's such a really bad echo in this room. So, <laughs> also, what, what are you at? That. <laughs> you, uh, no, it's not too bad. Yeah, no, you fine. sound good to us. Okay. Good. Um, what so, school are you at? Huh? Who are you at? Oh, uh, um. I go to UGA, but like I'm at, there's an extension campus in Albany, which is like a, this like relatively rural area in Southwest Georgia, just because my program is um, weird. So like the first two years of the program, everybody's in Athens at the main UGA campus. And then the second half of the program, like we get distributed to different parts of the state. So like oh. to encourage us to like practice in different areas. Oh, cool. That's cool. That's it. That's interesting. Oh, pharmacy. Okay. I, um, I, I'm working like on a, on a contract in Georgia right now because I do translating for like educational stuff. And like, yeah, Georgia is like a interesting state. I, I didn't realize like, how, like how, I, mean, I think it's cool that you're, that they're doing pharmaceutical company or pharmaceutical stuff all across the state like that, because uh, Georgia is so rural and, and so like small town. Yeah, especially, uh, I guess, since y'all are, like, you know, from the Florida perspective, you only ever see, like, South Georgia, which is definitely, like, super rural, but then it's, like, uh, it's so weird that, like, Atlanta exists, because, like, half the state's population is in, like, one metro area, and then the rest of us all spread out. <laughs> oh, I love Atlanta. <laughs> I don't know, the driving scares me. Oh, yeah, it, driving, driving in Atlanta sucks. I like the kids there though that are the band that are some bands there like that band that you saw at our house Judy and the Jerks uh, are are all are like living in Atlanta now. Well, the half of their band is. Oh, half of their band. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, because I thought they were from Hattiesburg. Yeah, they. Yeah, yeah two of them live in Hattiesburg. Two live in Atlanta now. Yeah. Y'all, oh. <laughs> y'all's band folks live in Tallahassee. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're all here. Yeah, our bass player Ryan, he's like. Is also here in Tallahassee. How long have y'all lived there? Oh boy, oh yeah. I've been I've been here probably here been the longest. Um, so I've probably I've been here since two thousand. Probably like started really living here in like two thousand five. So I've been here for a long time. Yeah, and I've been here. Let's see. I moved here in two thousand eleven for school. I went to FSU, and then when I graduated, I moved away, and then I moved back in twenty eighteen. I think. So probably a cumulative, like, seven years living here. And then Ryan has probably lived here for at least seven years. Oh, too. definitely. He's been here, like, ten years or more. Well, but he moved to Austin for a little bit. Oh, yeah, I guess he was there in Austin. Yeah. Yeah, we're all kind of, like, Tallahassee, like, local, like, part of the local punk thing that's happening here, I guess. Yeah, even though Sebastian oh, and I are from South Florida. Yeah, originally. Yeah. Did you come for school as well, Sebastian? I did, yeah, yeah, at first, yeah. And then I went back. I dropped. I like. I, I yeah. I dropped out, and then I went back later. But after I dropped out, like Tallahassee was seems just like a cool spot to live and like play play music with. Like I don't know. It seemed like a cool place to, to just like stick around and cheap living too. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the, how would you describe the music that your band makes? Well, so 
hmm. Chatterer is kind of a pop punk project. It's like indie garage uh, post punk. No, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. You know, it's just every genre. Yeah. <laughs> well, because we had been doing hardcore. Uh, our other band, Duckus, is a hardcore punk band i would say yeah, I um so. but then i started kind of getting inspired to write more poppy songs because i've always written poppy songs and never really had an outlet for them so yeah i think it's like a pop punk band chatterer what do you think i think yeah i think like like less so like um like the the cheesy uh pop punk bands like more hearkening to like the like this more like the underground pop punk bands i think yeah it might be and like also like i don't know what are those like like 90s garage rock sounding maybe yeah. <laughs> some grunge a little taste of grunge maybe it's the internet age where we're, we listen to everything so just we, the band becomes everything exactly <laughs> that's a, that's yeah really it's point, hard to yeah. explain because it's just like i'll just write kind of catchy songs that are catchy to me and i like them so i, I don't really know where my influences come from because i listen to so much different kind of stuff and we and since we only have like you know eight songs or so, we're still a very new band. Um, and Sebastian, what about your other band? Is it you said Squeeze USA, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. So like, well, I guess I would call that just like I don't know, like modern, like American hardcore <laughs> punk. That's a stupid thing to say. I'm sorry I said that. I I, <laughs> I don't know, just like punk, hardcore punk. I don't know like strong eight like 80s influence like i don't know but but i don't really listen to that many 80s bands anymore i do when i was more like in high school but honestly the bands that influenced me are much more modern these days anyway but for chatter i i, I love um i love playing the drums so playing in chatter i get to like draw on different influences in that so what's the how would you describe the local tally punk scene hmm. eclectic it's it's eclectic there's a lot of stuff here. Yeah, it's it's something that you can tell has a long history. And it's actually cool. We have a friend who archives old show flyers and stuff. And it's honestly something that drew me to move back to Tallahassee after I had moved away is because it's a really supportive punk scene. And it's been going on for a long time. It's always been an amalgam of different kinds of music and different kinds of people and people come and go. But and it's also I mean, it's not all one scene. I think there are different aspects and different groups doing different things. But the scene that I am drawn to the most uh, is super supportive, super DIY, and just a really cool thing to be a part of. There are always, we always do yearly cover shows where kind of like new people get introduced to the scene and get to play in bands. So it's, to me, it was really welcoming when I started playing music and bands, I had played a little bit in college, just like played some music with friends, but I didn't really start like playing in bands that would play shows consistently until I moved back to town. And I was just like, oh, this is a really comfortable place to just play with my friends and have fun and also get to meet all sorts of new people. We really like supporting people, uh, you know, touring bands and stuff. So yeah, I, I think it's, a, a really good experience being part of the tally punk scene i mean it changes so much year to year yeah <laughs> yeah like like the it can definitely feel like college centric if you're not like in the music scene or, per se or like if you're not if you don't if you haven't been here a while like you can feel like oh everything's like based around the university and like but like i think if you like just look a little bit further like there's yeah there's just so so many different kinds of bands like and like and, and like, I, I was going to say that like the music scene is kind of more tied into the art scene here and, and also like kind of like more of like the activist scene. Like there's a lot of people that are like involved in like, and like people, people who historically have played music here who have been involved in like, like a lot of activism. Like one example, Night Witch is a good example of like a band that had like a lot of like, I would say a feminist kind of like perspective and like kind of like a, a more queer positive perspective than like punk music in the past has been and like. I think in, in some ways, like Tallahassee has been really good at like turning out like that kind of like little punk scene. It can, it's like kind of, at first, like in, in like, like Dory said, there's a lot of different stuff, but like the punk scene we belong to is like kind of like really very like inclusive and like, like 
I think that a lot of the people that we surround ourselves with and like the people that play music also try to be that way. Didn't um, y'all help set up a like mutual aid show a couple months ago for like the houseless fund? Yeah, we're, we're, we're like part of like a, a um, Tallahassee Houseless Alliance. Yeah, we're part of a, a, a big, like a bigger group called Tallahassee Houseless Alliance. And we, we, do, we do a Tallahassee community aid initiative through that. And we, and we were actually raising money to support um, a woman who was houseless. But unfortunately, she was actually arrested recently. And so what we've been doing is trying to like advocate for her while she's in jail waiting for her sentence. Uh, or, or for her, um, not for her sons, but for her, like, um, her court date. Um, and, and we're just, like, trying to, like... Well, also, yeah. yeah. While well, also supporting, just trying to do efforts to support the larger house yeah. community in town. Because yeah. I was just reading recently, Tallahassee has, what is it, a 20% poverty rate or something? And then I don't know how much... You said it was seven points, like... Seven points higher than the state of Florida. Yeah. So Tallahassee has a, a lot of poverty, a lot of houselessness. Yeah. And yeah, so I guess something I appreciate about the punk community is our our community is very interested in politics and activism. Yeah, and at the very least, like, in supporting, like, activism, like, if not, like, with their, with their, with their cells, with, with money, <laughs> but mostly with themselves, too. I think everybody here is really thoughtful and, like, conscious. There's a lot of groups too. Like, I mean, there's like Tallycac and like the jail fund and stuff like that. We have a lot of like little groups that are like doing a lot of really good work. Yeah, I thought Lore was pretty cool too when I was introduced to them, the like radical ecology group. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Eric was talking about that. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, Eric, are they based out of the plant? They do stuff at the yeah. plant. Oh, mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, the plant is another really great place. Actually, the person we work with at with for the Tally Community Aid, uh, Nick. They're kind of like our de facto kind of like founder. It, it was working with a plant a lot. And like, maybe, maybe you would have heard about like, they're like kind of like sit in and they like kind of like stayed in the plant for like, I don't know, was it like 18 days or some shit like that? Something, something nuts. Kind of like to bring awareness to houselessness and things like that. So I think it's, it's kind of interesting, like sad, but that there's so much houselessness or in like, Tallahassee and poverty it reminds me because like in Athens where UGA is at it's like very similar like one of the highest poverty rates in Georgia is in Athens and there's definitely a, a lot of houseless people there so like you, this makes me wonder if there's like some type of connection between what goes on with like massive universities and the poverty of the, the community they're in yeah I definitely think that yeah. the government the city government is often in service of our large FSU university, like population. Uh, yeah, like I, I mean, we have two other big colleges here, and we actually have FAMU, and we have you know Tallahassee Community College. But even I mean, FSU is kind of like the king of Tallahassee, and housing development is all about housing students, not so much just the locals who live in town. Shopping centers go up and like restaurants go up in service of the students and not, and who, you know, most of them are transient and don't live here for more than four years. Well, yeah, so, but, but and yeah, like the story was saying, like the development pretty much only favors the, the student population, but at the same time, they also like make it an effort to essentially to criminalize houselessness they do it by writing laws, but also by doing things like removing like uh, bus stops, you know, in, in places where people use a bus stop frequently just because it's a quote unquote disruption to like the nightclub that's there where like the students line up outside the building, even during the freaking pandemic. And actually that like that, that is like a great example that, of like how a, a university's policies like absolutely, absolutely like contribute to houseless people like not being seen as people worthy of dignity in in like student populations eyes um and not only because because you know a lot of people already see whole house yeah no go ahead oh no sorry no no, no please no please. i was just gonna say plus like we have all the like government people who come up just for a session and so there's a lot of just like catering to the people who yeah. are only here sometimes and not the people who live here all the time yeah i, I mean yeah and tallahassee has like historically like "Quote unquote underrepresented community. There are all, all there's a, a large black population in Tallahassee that often is like unrepresented in Congress, like in not only in our state Congress but also in our 
in our local Congress, or, or I mean, not only in this in the United States Congress, but also in our, in our state Congress, national versus state, rather. I'm sorry, I'm fucking comfortable. Uh, chewing over my words, I'm trying to spit it out here. But yeah, and, and it, so it's it's not only houseless people um, who who are who are kind of swept under the rug. There is a lot of like working people in Tallahassee who are pre, who who the city and the university would would prefer not be seen it's it's it's, it's pretty messed up and the irony is that it's the capital of florida you know so i mean that's the the, the connection there that the government's just disconnected no i think you brought it up a good point though i mean why like why should universities you know be the be the ones to to benefit from the kind of from the taxes that we pay like it, fsu was just kind of like a, awarded or, or was going to be awarded a really large like tax tax funded thing to like improve the fucking the the fucking football stadium like instead like what well, we have yeah. we have 20 percent of people in poverty here like it's fucking yeah. crazy and i will say too like if you in big cities at least there are organizations and in, in a lot of cities in america there are organizations to at least get some help someone back on their feet who might be houseless um but in tallahassee we had a really hard time finding uh, any organization that was able to help um i know that there are some well there's there's a homeless shelter which but it all the homeless shelters were at capacity and so it's really hard to especially in a small city like this that has and that has certain priorities with their budget it was really hard for us to try to help someone who wanted to get back up on their feet to find ways and functioning nonprofits that were, had enough resources to help out because the government doesn't often aid in those resources. It's definitely, I, I know what you mean about the like smaller cities having less resources for like houseless people in sense of like, and like you I mean you're saying the homeless shelter is filling up. Cause I remember when I lived in Athens, like I would always walk home at, um, after I went to like shows and stuff. So it'd be late at night and I, I would, I would pass by a, homeless shelter whenever on my way home and there'd always be a, like a couple of people who were like sleeping on the corner next to it because of that capacity inside mm -hmm. yeah and that's something that like you know I, the city definitely has money to open another homeless shelter they could do that but they have other priorities yeah and i think that also like even in cities with like well-funded like houseless resources i mean Tallahassee is, is not so terrible like here there's like there's the bin, the Big Ben um, Houseless uh, Coalition. There's also like the Tallahassee like like house. I think it's a Tallahassee Houseless Coalition. And those are like two like if somebody is experiencing houselessness, they can like call those places and like essentially receive referrals to go to places like the Kearney Center. Or yeah, like, the yeah, and the Kearney Center yeah. is a great facility. Yeah, and like, but they're and, but, but yeah, always full. They always fill up, and then there's always a problem of like people having um you know criminal charges or people uh you know being addicted to drugs and and unfortunately i think addiction is also a big issue that's often is often not addressed in in, in when it comes to the issue of resolving houselessness i think the issue of always house resolving houselessness is always seen as oh we have to get the houseless out of sight so that we they can be out of mind instead of you know oh we actually have to address the underlying reasons why houselessness exists you know mm -hmm. and and um and think about providing providing like a more equitable housing solution for everybody yeah because you know addiction and and having a, a criminal record aren't reasons why people should be living on the street yeah uh, and, but and that's ideally often, you wouldn't yeah. even need a homeless shelter if you could just provide yeah. everyone housing and yeah and, and, to that. And, and you know those are often reasons why people are rejected from otherwise otherwise plentiful houseless or housing opportunities you know because the opportunity exists, there's just always caveats, <laughs> caveats that seem to favor people who have more access to resources. Yeah, than credit others. checks, yeah. like they'll check your income. They'll like it's like how are you supposed to get an apartment if every apartment renter is checking all of these your background and like your history and your credit and your income? Like, yeah, that's not something that yeah. everyone what, has. What if you have no rental history? What then? You know, what if you don't have like any references? What then? Yeah, so much stuff. Yeah, it's definitely a a lot that could be done from a lot of angles. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, sorry. We've been like been steeped in this shit for like a couple of months now, just like trying to help help house this person that we've been working with. And so like we've gotten to know it like pretty pretty well and like getting to know like the pitfalls because you start to feel hopeful about something and then you're just like, oh shit, here's another reason why this isn't gonna work. <laughs> anyway, yeah. sorry, I'm going on and on. I should stop. <laughs> no, it's good. I mean, these are important topics that need to be discussed and addressed meaningfully. So it's definitely something I should probably I mean I should put more of my own energies into trying to help solve going back to something you said earlier you said that like the music scene is really tied to the art scene in a way that's maybe not as um, strong in other cities so can you elaborate more on that I guess what I meant is that like Tallahassee's like art and music scene in some ways is kind of just like relegated to one part of town and that's like kind of like the arts district so people who end up coming to shows and things like that who aren't like intimately involved with like the punk scene or like the indie scene or whatever the metal scene hardcore scene like will generally be people who like are attracted to art and will go like to art shows and will be like oh let's go see what music is over here blah 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 and so you have like kind of like a more like liberal minded I would say or like left-leaning kind of like little area where like the music stuff happens that's not to say that other stuff doesn't also happen in those places and that like the art scene doesn't also cater to like a more like like apolitical cr- crowd or like a, a less or a, like a, a less like um i don't know a different kind of music or whatever like there's so many different kinds of music that's happening in the in the art district though so i don't know what i was trying to say with about that just that like there's like one part of town I, well yeah and also in terms of it being t- tied to like art stuff i would say that i like all the risk taking that people feel comfortable with in our scene because we have like i said kind of a really supportive scene you'll have some weird acts like whether it's like you know i put on some poetry and noise shows that were like we had these awesome noise musicians we had people read poetry we had people doing experimental art or and then like a punk band too it's kind of cool when you can merge scenes and it's not just like oh I only want to see bands that sound like this no I like that it's like okay we'll see any bands that this people in this community are trying out or any art projects I mean I even hosted like a like we've done there's like comedy shows that go on that some sometimes we overlap with and straight up art shows too you know like that we do that that people go to <laughs> yeah i hosted like a game show type thing yeah our, i mean our friend stephanie shrewsbury like essentially like the venue that we play at is essentially like an art space like full of her art because she did the murals all over the walls and stuff like that and yeah, like which i i yeah we could mention the bark i mean oh yeah bark is the bark is, is kind of central to like restaurant venue that yeah. play, book it a lot our, our friends kind of run that place and it's been a good you know space to have all any any kind of activity we want pretty much yeah it didn't isn't the bark a fairly recent like opening because it wasn't only a few years ago it opened up i think it's been open for uh four years now right yeah about four years and before that um it was bread and roses kitchen and it was just a restaurant but then they got a bigger uh, they would have shows in there it was across the street yeah yeah but then they got a bigger space and ever since then They've just been hosting DIY shows, all sorts of shows. You know, I would say too that like the DIY and punk scene is kind of like also the reason why like that neighborhood, the neighborhood where that stuff happens and the art district, in a lot of ways, why they're popular because like that's where the shows were happening. That's where kids were coming. And I think the city noticed, I think other people who were coming to Tallahassee noticed. And as a result, that whole, like a lot of that Tallahassee area has like been developed a lot and it's getting heavily gentrified. <laughs> yeah, heavily gentrified. Now part of it has just been claimed as college town and they wrote these in these big yeah. letters, college town. Yeah, they took it over there. The, yeah, the university was like, oh, this is ours now. Whereas it used to be like a pretty industrial area and there, I mean, you used to live over there. There's yeah. like warehouses where people would do punk shows and stuff. A lot of biking, a lot of cycling when I was younger, like a lot of, like Tallahassee was like a, like a bike punk town. <laughs> <laughs> as stupid as that sounds <laughs> no like most of the shows i've been to have pretty much been in that one block area because it's all the most of the shows i've been to in tally have either been the bark or the wilbury who hasn't done shows since covid i don't think and oh yeah, no, yeah. the sidebar <laughs> area yeah 
Were you you able to go to that skate park show recently? No, I had to work that night. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that, oh, that was, was really that was cool. It was at the DIY skate park, and it didn't get shut down, so that was great. Yeah, that's another thing about Tallahassee. Is like it's, you'd be hard pressed to shut a show down. It's hard to, like the cops rarely come out to shows. That's good. Yeah. Well, yeah, you 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 did come to the show at our house, and we we didn't even get a noise complaint. Yeah. I guess we picked a good <laughs> a good night. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, pretty cool. Do y'all put on a lot of house shows or like skate park shows or anything like that? I think when we, when people are, when there's like a good vibe with people like renting certain, in certain spots, then the house show scene comes to life a little bit. Yeah, there, there used to be a bunch but of house so, venues yeah. in town. And like when I first moved here, they were everywhere. But now it seems like there are less or maybe they're more in like the college area. We kind of moved over to this side of town, but we put on at least four or five shows at this house and had no problems but a few loud shows yeah yeah it's definitely yeah the whole house scene has but, well, changed a little bit so there used to be also the armory where like that the, the band the, the, the band armor uh played and practice and they had a bunch of shows there way back in there used to be shark tank tv land franklin manor there used to there was a like a AF house. golden era where there were like like four or five great punk house, houses, all punk, going at once, punk yeah. houses that would host shows all the time but the bark has taken over a lot of that in a good way because there's been like you know for a little while and especially even more so during covid there was kind of a, a lack of places to host shows and so the bark has done a good job of stepping in and giving people a place to to do shows and i i know more house venues are popping up that's just something we're we're starting to reacquaint ourselves with some of the younger kids, like the kids who are just going to college right now and starting bands. I know a lot of them have house venues that they're trying to get up on their feet. So that's something I always try to do is stay in touch with what's going on, even if like, and, and also I really like trying to kind of bridge scenes because like new scenes will pop up anywhere. A, a scene can just be a group of like six people who are friends with each other and are like this is our now our scene you know so it, i i like to kind of bridge that hopefully and like i try to go to things that i wouldn't always normally go to <laughs> something I've, I've always wondered and maybe you can have some insight into this like it, it always kind of surprises me that there's not more crossover between like the punk and metal communities considering the similarly chaotic nature of their music so, and I know like Tallahassee, North Florida kind of have a relatively active metal scene. Like, why do you think there's not like more crossover um, shows between the two? Yeah, I wonder. I mean, I think that, I, I think there is sometimes will be some crossover, but I, I guess I just, I'm not so aware of a metal scene up here. Um, I think maybe metal has, sometimes has a reputation of not being as, like social justice minded as possible but maybe that's not true i mean i think you know we've worked very hard to have a very feminist very queer punk community and i i hope that's happening with metal scenes as well and i i assume it is at least in some pockets i think that the overlap is i agree it does seem natural i don't know what, what do you think i mean i feel like i feel like metal kind of like took like like diverged a couple of years ago in some ways like and you had like kind of like the more like ethically minded like i would almost say like like punk minded metal even maybe even bands like thou you know or like um uh i don't know going even further back or like bigger like maybe a band like kylesa or something like that like who were like kind of like a little bit more like i don't know even had more of like a punk look in some ways like, it, there is a lot of crossover, honestly. Like, all the new hardcore bands, I feel like, are, are like, crossover bands. You know, they're, they're like, metal-tinged hardcore punk bands. But I think I know where you're meeting, where you're talking about. Because I know North Florida has, like, a really rich, like, metal kind of scene. I know Jacksonville does. I mean, there's, like, I mean, there's, like, capital H, like, throw-down hardcore bands in Tallahassee and Jacksonville that are practically metal bands. You know, they're, like, weird, they're, like, thrash, like, crossover bands, like, so I know what you're talking about. And I think some of those some of those scenes maybe just invite a little bit more violence sometimes and like a little bit less like open-mindedness sometimes. And that's probably why like they had there has been less crossover like 
at least at least for like it, for the very like in a very like obvious way you know because obviously there are kids from who, who love metal who are not like that and like i mean i myself have been in like metal bands where like the people were not like that and like like people in my bands have not been like your typical metalhead bro you know <laughs> like, so tallahassee in some ways like in some like kind of like is like not super north florida in that way because there is kind of like a legacy of like brutal music in north florida but i don't know like dory said maybe that is changing there, there's definitely more like crossover punk bands that are like fronted by women and people of color and like and queer people that is that's i think the direction we should be going i hope it keeps going that way so um but yeah i think it's just like the, the more violent aspect of it and maybe the less open-minded aspect of it in my opinion i know it's pretty long-winded Sorry. <laughs> it's how you give details. It's okay. <laughs> so, Dora, you were saying how like you put on like poetry shows and stuff like that. And I know you, you've told me, I think you have like a writing degree or whatever in, or like in your specialties poetry. Is that, I mean, do I remember correctly? Yeah. So I, I did creative writing my undergrad and I'm actually just applied to creative writing MFA programs. And I, I like writing stories and poetry and I, hope to keep doing it. I, I, I hope I get into my master's program. So we'll see. But um, yeah, I, I love to write and I love reading. <laughs> so how does that influence your like lyric writing? So it's so funny because when I started writing lyrics, everyone who I knew, like family and friends were like, oh, lyrics, those must come so naturally to you because you're a writer. But I actually feel like I got super tripped up when I first started writing lyrics. First of all, just because it can be really scary and make you feel vulnerable and insecure to write lyrics, but also because I, I'm used to being more like verbose, I guess, with my, you know, writing a story or a poem or whatever, but it, with music, it's really about being immediate. And so I really had to learn how to just like stop saying so much and just say little because less is more, I think, in lyrics. I, I Everyone has their own lyric process and I really love people who write lyrics that like tell stories and stuff but for me it was just kind of stripping it down and paying attention to the music so I actually write music first and then I just kind of fit lyrics over it that sound good and I usually feel like I my lyrics are more abstract than anything um I'm I'm not super like specific or like storytelling with with my lyrics I kind of just kind of think of images that are interesting to me or like a biting phrase or something and just kind of join it together. Um, yeah. Do you write any uh, lyrics, Sebastian? Yeah, I write lyrics. <laughs> yeah. I, you, you, you've actually talked to me about like writing, something I've never done is write a poem and then set it to music, which is ironic. Like I do it the opposite, but I know that I don't, I, that's not always what you do, but. I haven't written anything in a long time, but like, but yeah, usually when I, yeah, I mean, like, I write, I write the, a lot of the songs in Squeezy USA, and, like, and the bands that I've been in previously, like, I do a lot of singing and, and stuff, so, yeah, I remember, I re yeah, like, I, that's like Dory said, usually I just will write, like, some lyrics about something specific, like, a story, or, like, a concept, or, like, some angry shit, and then just put music to it. What sounds like general creative process, right, like, when just constructing an entire song? Boy, that's a tough one. <laughs> I mean, I feel like Dory usually will just come up to me with like like a song, like a like a, a riff or something like that. And then we'll sit at the drums and she'll play it and I'll play the drums. And then we'll like try to formulate the song a little bit and then we'll get Ryan in on it. And then by that point, usually you have, will have started writing lyrics and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm one of those people who has music in my head all the time like I have a little radio in my head so I'm always like blah 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 like just singing songs usually they're just like songs that already exist but okay. some, sometimes it'll be something new and I'll be like oh yeah this is a cool riff and I'll pick up the guitar I'll play something and then we'll be it'll all either be like this is a good song or not and then I don't know well sometimes actually I feel like again like my song I've written songs for years but it's only just in like chatter kind of in Duckus, where I've been able to have a band like play my my songs that I write. So a lot of it was just getting some confidence because sometimes I'll be like, oh, here's just some stupid song, it's not good. And someone else will be like, no, that is good. That sounds like a song. And I'll be like, oh, okay. 
So I think you and I both just like come up with riffs all the time. We're very riffy, but yeah, I, I have music going in my head a lot. I was actually, this is kind of a tangent, but I was doing this like brain exercise quiz game on the computer today. And it was like asking me to memorize squares and like which squares light up. And, and then it was also asking me to memorize like numbers in the, in the other game. And the way that I was memorizing it was like with, I would make a little song in my head, like do, 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 or like nine, seven, six, five, or whatever. <laughs> like, I, I think I have a very music brain. I grew up, like my family was always playing music. My parents are both musicians. So I just, I feel like music just comes naturally to me I don't know if like playing I had I definitely had to practice physically playing because I used to not be very coordinated at all but music is in my brain and finally it's in my fingers I'm finally getting like just better at my physical instrument but for me that's always been the hard part of music is the hand-eye coordination what type of music do your parents play my dad is like a composer of I guess musical theater <laughs> and my mom she she used to be in a rock band she used to play rock music and jazz music and country music um, but she also plays she, she's a bassist and my dad plays the piano but my my mom is a bassist and she also plays like orchestra music she plays electric bass and double bass yeah we always had instruments around growing up so, so how did each of you specifically get started playing music I, well, my mom tried to teach me bass when I was a kid and I didn't really gravitate towards it, even though I've always loved the bass, but then she instead tried to teach me guitar because we also had a guitar and that was much more interesting to me because then I could sing along with it. And so I've been playing guitar probably since I was like 13 or 14, but I, yeah, I wasn't very good for probably like the first eight years of playing guitar, but I did it and I went online and I learned tabs and I learned songs that I liked. And then now I can play a little bit of keyboard and bass and I'm learning drums. But what about you? Uh, well, I like, um, my parents are like, my parents are hippies. So like when they're, they have like, like a lot of like hippie music and shit like that. Like my dad played the guitar badly and I, I guess I always wanted to play the guitar, but like I never really learned how to play guitar when I was little. So I was like in public school, just like music classes or whatever. And I had like a good voice for like a little kid. So I was like in chorus and stuff. Yeah. And then I was in like orchestra and like elementary school and middle school at like at, at school. And then I was like, fuck all that shit. I want to play rock and roll. And so like I started trying to learn to play the guitar and the drums. And just like slowly but surely I eventually learned how to play both those things well enough to play in bands. <laughs> and that's that's it. Yeah. This is, this is kind of random, but like, where does the name Duckus come from? <laughs> <laughs> Duckus? Honestly, I feel like I've, we, there's a lake near our house in Tallahassee called Lake Ella, and we would just go and look at the ducks sometimes, and I feel like ducks were just on my mind, and we were trying so hard to come up with band names, and then I was, we were, I don't know. We well, were, we were thinking about, like, what would be, like, a a fun, like a cool like one name hardcore band name like <laughs> but and then, then we were then we were messing around thinking about the ducks and then there's this one duck in particular that's like a strange mixed breed of duck that has like, like, like crazy it's half muscovy and like half some other kind of duck and it has like a yeah it has a wild haircut it, it looks almost like looks like a, a punk it has like a, <laughs> like a mohawk yeah and so we were like, oh yeah, that's, that's the duckus. I also feel I like I kind of relate to one. ducks and that they're goofy and I feel a little goofy, especially like, and I feel like in some ways duckus, at least for me, was about like, hey, let's yeah. not take everything so, so seriously. seriously. Yeah. Like, like, like I'm weird and I'm going to be in a weird band and that has a weird name. In some ways we were like taking being weird pretty seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Isn't that what being a punk's all about? Yeah. Yes. I agree with that. <laughs> well, I don't know. I do, I do think sometimes there's like a pitfall of like, you know, we're non-conformists, but then sometimes, I don't know. I, I 
can't help but be myself and I think I've always been weird and my parents have used to tell me being weird is okay <laughs> but sometimes you know in any culture or subculture sometimes people do kind of seem like they have a prescribed way to look and dress and act and even in the punk scene and that's not necessarily a bad thing but for me like what's important to me about the punk scene is that I don't have to look or talk or act like everyone else I can just be myself yeah, I've always also been like a weird freak pariah, so it's, it's fine. <laughs> I embrace it. How long has Duckus been around? Well, I guess we, we, we're on hiatus right now because our bass player is like kind of like going through some band stuff and like just needs a little bit of a break. So, but we're, we were we're, playing for we're like three, two, two or three years. Yeah, two or three years. Yeah. Because we put out that one, we put out our, our self-titled little self-release tape um at the beginning of the pandemic 2020 and we'd already been a band for like a year and what about your other two bands how long have they been around chatter less than a year chatter is less than a year squeeze, squeeze USA, USA less than a year less also. than a year yeah. yeah do you have any plans to release music for those two those two projects soon yes yeah both of them chatter yeah. we already are almost done with our yeah, we're, ep yeah we're recording a demo ep yeah and so that should be out honestly by february yeah we're which we're very it. excited about and yeah squeeze usa you squeeze, guys squeeze gonna put it out, and we're gonna put it out on i have a little like a little tape label that i run where i do like mostly like regional stuff florida and georgia and alabama but some philly stuff and that's both of those things are definitely gonna be out on it on rip rip records tape label um tell me more about your tape label well yeah it's something that I like kind of been doing off and on for like a decade, but I only really started taking it seriously. Like at the beginning of the pandemic, like I was like, okay, now I'm, I'm going to actually put out other bands that aren't just bands I'm involved with. And it's really fun. It's really cool to like help bands that I know, especially smaller bands who don't necessarily have like the internet clout of like today's most popular bands. It's really nice. And uh, the bands really appreciate it. I don't really make any money at all, but generally i've been breaking even you know selling tapes is not an expensive endeavor tapes are pretty cheap so i i do like keeping prices cheap and like i don't know that feels like more like legit to me and it's really fun like i said i, I usually only do limited runs so once like four like the 40 or 50 tape run is done like that's it yeah <laughs> it's a cool it's a cool model i mean i could talk about i could talk about tapes all day but you don't want to hear that yeah, it's just something I've been I, I I've been doing, and I'll probably keep doing it as long as it's self sustaining. Is there a reason that you um, focus on like cassettes instead of using like CDs? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think anybody uses CDs anymore. Um, like mostly people are just consuming music on the internet. So I think there's like kind of like a, a nostalgic appeal to tapes. I also like the way tapes sound. I've always been like a tape a sucker for tapes since I got into like like music and, and going to shows and stuff like that since I was a teenager. So, you know, I've always been into tapes and like, I love this, like the, the feeling of like putting a tape in, you know, listening the whole way through and then you have to flip it over, you know, and listen to all the other songs on the other side and shit. So like, you're not being selective. You're kind of just like forced to sit down and listen to an album like continuously. And I don't know, there, I think for me, there's something to that. I really enjoy listening to tapes while I'm making tapes. And that's, it's kind of weird, but it, it makes sense to me. I, I, I want your opinion on something. So, like, I interviewed this dude uh, on su Sunday, and he works at a record store or whatever, and he described tapes as stickers that play music, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. So I just want to know what's your opinion on that. <laughs> what does that, how, how does that sound to you? <laughs> stickers that play music? I mean, kind of, because, like, sometimes you'll, like, order something, and you'll get a bunch of stickers, and you're like, oh, man, that's really cool. Look at all these really great stickers. Like, and then you don't put them anywhere, but like you have them, you know, and then like, they'll be like in your books or like in a, in like a trunk or something. Right. And you're like, or in a drawer and you'll be looking through and you'll be like, Oh, look at this great fucking cool ass sticker I got. And like, maybe you'll put it on something, but it'll be something that maybe you forgot about. And like a tape is kind of similar. <laughs> it's like where you'll come across it and be like, Oh, cool. This tape. I love this band. And then you're like, Oh, I don't really have a tape player. So you put it away. Um, and then you come across it later and then maybe one day you do have a tape player. So you listen to it once and then maybe the tape player breaks or something. And then like, 
you know, so, but, the, but it still lingers. You, you're always going to open the drawer and find it. But what I like about like doing it nowadays is that you can always put like a download code in the tape, you know? Yeah. And, and then it's kind of about having something physical and like, it's a lot for the art, like in a way, yeah, it's the almost sticker, like collecting, yeah. collecting tapes is about collecting the art in the kind tapes. Of so, yeah. And then you could probably listen to the band online if you don't have a tape player. But like you, if you have that tape, it's like a, you know, a special. It, yeah. And like, honestly, as somebody who likes stickers <laughs> and like all sorts of weird shit, like, like stickers and like weird little, like, I don't know, collectible graffiti playing and things cards. like that. No, no, not for that. <laughs> Magic the game. Anyway, no, no. Don't feel ashamed. But, uh, but yeah, somebody who likes stickers, I think that's a cool comparison, honestly. As long as they weren't being negative, I support that. <laughs> no, no, I think. <laughs> in it positively don't worry oh okay okay that's cool so how far outside of tallahassee have y'all played before honestly not much we had planned a whole duckus tour all the way to philadelphia and ohio and chattanooga but then that tour was and yeah yeah (laughs) but then that tour got canceled because it was like the same week as when uh, COVID-19 got very serious. So honestly, I've only played, Miami is the farthest I've ever played a show or uh, Savannah, but you've played a little bit farther. Yeah, I haven't been, I mean, a bunch of the bands I've been in have done out-of-town shows and have toured, but yeah, probably, I mean, Miami or I played in Asheville, I played in Chattanooga. Definitely, I played in Atlanta. Savannah, uh, New Orleans. We hope to schedule another big tour because that would be really awesome. Because yeah. I really wanted to do we kind of a, get into the Midwest. Yeah, go up to the Midwest and the Northeast. So, what's shows looking at looking like right now with Omicron? Yeah, not likely, I guess. But well, maybe at the end of the year. Well, at the end of the year. Oh no, no! What am I talking about? We have a actually. Oh yeah, that's cool. <laughs> oh, I'm so stupid. Yeah, we have a. We actually have a little mini tour scheduled already. We're yeah. going to try to do four dates in Florida with a, a band from Miami called uh, Gordo and hopefully another band from Miami called Wastelands. Um, and, and that would be in April. Yeah, that would be in April. And but, um, and yeah, we have some shows in February and March. Um, I think that everyone's hoping that, well, at least what I've heard is that Omicron's going to kind of start dying down towards the end of January. So yeah, February, March, April, I think we want to do a lot of shows and hopefully a bigger tour totally forgot, in the yeah. summer. But yeah, yeah, I think I, we have a show booked on February 1st. So hopefully that stays put. I think... The RSPUSA show got canceled. yeah. Yep. With, um, the one that we were going to play with. Uh, ideation. <laughs> but we, we've got some stuff coming up for sure. Yeah. And our we opened for Chris Gethard and that got moved to May 5th. Yeah. So uh, that, I feel dumb. Like whenever I read his name, I pronounced it get hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's oh, I'm a, sure he would love that. No, that's a, no, that's a class. That's a everyone says that to him. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's. It might be one of those oh. things where, yeah, that people used to annoy him, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it just got re- rescheduled. Are y'all still going to be able to play the May date for it? I think, I so. think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah May 5th. That was so interesting to me that a comedy show had bands playing like as openers. I thought that was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think Chris Gethard's cool because he, I think he's always had like bands on his variety show and whatnot and he's like and he always does it set at fest too i think he's kind of tied into punk stuff so do you guys have any like go-to crazy tour stories i mean no no not really i mean (laughs) i do have one one time when i was in atlanta i after playing a show with like an old old band uh, a long time ago a long time ago i remember scaling a wall that must have been like 12 feet high and just like just like like shoeless bare feet and then the next morning like i looked at my toe and like my big toe had a splinter that was like the the entire length of my toe like from the tip to the like where the digit ends you know the big toe that the biggest toe digit and it was in my foot like 
I, I was so deep in my foot that I couldn't really see it like completely. I could just tell that it was under there. Ugh. And I had to like, like on tour, I had to like cut my toe open essentially with like my friend's knife and like, like seriously, like a quarter inch deep all the way the length down my toe in order to pick this fucking splinter out. And it was seriously like a goddamn meal. It was massive. Oh my God. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Did it leave a scar? <laughs> it did not. No, it didn't leave a scar. Wait, why were you scaling the wall? Because I was. We were in a pool, and I was just very drunk. <laughs> 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 yeah, I got. I. I mean, I think we were running away <laughs> from the pool because it was like two in the morning. Anyway, sorry. No, yeah, I don't. I don't have. I can't think of any like notable tour stories i can think like we've gone to some uh cool punk shows like that one in uh, respectable street in west palm at we are the punks oh yeah we, that went, was really we, we went to <laughs> some we've gone to some funny punk fests like and we also went to everything is not okay in oklahoma and both of those shows i think i got kicked in the head but at a, <laughs> a mosh pit yeah yeah but knock four was really cool which is you know that's that's it's to be expected <laughs> Like, since coming back from COVID, have you noticed any, like, marked differences in just, like, um, people's responses to music or anything or the way people are making it? I think just the fact that there's less shows, I think maybe more people are coming out to the shows that do happen. That's true. I mean, I've noticed just a lot more people, like, just be making music and using the internet as, like, their main platform. Not only, not only for like uh, like putting their music out but also for performing their music you know and like there's like a whole new there's like a whole new music scene essentially that is like located on the internet and that's not new but I think that it's been like really highlighted throughout the pandemic and like it's probably not going anywhere yeah and also I think maybe this was already happening before the pandemic but like yeah shows finding out about shows on Instagram, is a big thing now like we we went over the summer to new york when at, like at, you know at the end of the summer when everyone was like oh yeah like covid's not really an issue anymore we're all vaccinated then we went to new york and there were like three different punk shows i found out about just by looking on instagram and finding flyers for shows yeah i mean it's cool like it's it's yeah i think people are are using the internet in interesting ways yeah. to promote stuff oh i will say in new york city every show and thing that we went to not only did you have to wear a mask you also had to show your vaccination card and like it wasn't a it wasn't a single there wasn't a single problem like everyone was happy to do it like the shows were well attended and you could be safe feeling like that like oh shit everyone's here is vaccinated and is wearing a mask and throughout that whole time new york had some of the lowest covid transmission rates like in the country and in Florida, we were doing the absolute opposite, and our rates were like through the fucking roof. Yeah. Although now it's different. Now, now it's everyone's different. Yeah. getting Omicron. Yeah. Now with the new variant, it's I possibly but at the got time, yeah, Omicron last week. Super weird. I got one positive test, and then all my other tests have been negative since then. Yeah, so. we've been quarantining for like <laughs> yeah. a week. I uh, yeah, I, I guess I maybe got just a hint of Omicron. <laughs> I didn't feel any symptoms or anything, so that was really weird. Anyway, <laughs> is this the is this what the vaccine does? That's, that's yeah, I guess so. That's yeah, so. yeah, I suppose so. Because yeah, I didn't feel anything, but then I took that one test and I was like, "What the heck?" <laughs> yeah, I found out like a week ago that apparently, like in Florida, it's illegal for a place to require vaccine cards to get in. I thought it was so crazy. That was DeSantis' bullshit. Yeah, they were still going to try to do that at Park for some shows, but I don't think they ended up doing it. Like, there have been a lot, like, more outdoor shows, which is kind of cool. I like outdoor shows, but I'm just excited for everything to get more back to normal. I think at the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of people were like, this is going to kill DIY, this is going to kill punk, this is going to kill shows. And I'm very glad that hasn't happened. And I... I don't think there's a world where that can happen. We always need music. No, I don't think so either. I don't think so either. There's, yeah, we definitely, yeah, we definitely will persist. The, the, the subculture and the undergrounds always persist. 
Yeah, I think people always crave some type of real world experience. Even if we do move more of our lives digitally, I don't think it, that's the end all be all for much of anybody. Oh, I, I completely agree with you, yeah. I do think that's like kind of what went into like people coming out after COVID is that like being stuck in a digital world made people really gravitate toward the stuff outside of that. Oh my God. Oh, tell me about it. Just like any, any sense of like <laughs> belonging in a place where other people are, are around you, <laughs> like just giving yourself permission to be in the proximity of another person. <laughs> like that's, that feels radical for sure. I know what you mean. All right. Well, I don't want to keep y'all too long, so I'll probably start wrapping it up. You should go get pizza after after this too, because that's what we're gonna do. <laughs> this is not a bad idea. The last thing I like to ask people I've on is who's a band or artist in your local scene you want to like come give a shout out to? Oh, easy. Oh, a, oh okay. A band yeah, or artist. You know, but well, okay. I, I, there's a few people. So our friend Marcus. For, well, no, first of all, okay. I want to shout out to Stephanie Shrewsbury like one of the greatest local artists in Tallahassee, like super duper, like under appreciated, like, but so fucking talented. I've been in so many bands with her. Well, I've been in one main band with her, Vile Body. So I want to shout out to Stephanie Shrewsbury. And then, yeah, we'll shout out our homies, Theo Butts, Marcus, who is the drummer of Duckus. Mm-hmm. Um, and gonna- Boo, our friends in Boo. Our friends in Boo who are our homies also, our, our bass players, other band. And oh, we'll give a shout out to Addison also. And of course yeah. to Ryan, our bass player of Chatterer. Stella's band. Well, we're going to shout out. Uh, oh, Medusa Phase. Oh, Medusa Phase. Yeah, Phase. Oh, oh, Medusa Phase. That's right. Medusa, yeah, Medusa Phase. That's Bella. P- uh, P-H-A-S-E, Medusa Phase. And then we'll also shout out some of our, we'll shout out the Bark Vegetarian Restaurant um, and Venue and Bar. <laughs> I'll, I'll shout out my homies in Dynastic Yellow Star Label. I'll, <laughs> I'll shout out. Oh, yeah. There's out. some good Tallahassee hip-hop. You can look up Dallas Aaliyah. Oh, that, yeah. And Canise. Dallas Aaliyah, Canise. Oh, we'll also <laughs> shout out Buster Wolf. <laughs> We're just listing We're gonna all We're going to shout out everybody from like. Tallahassee. <laughs> everyone. I love everyone. Okay. Let's shout out. We'll shout out KOTP Records getting along with them recently they're really nice kids mm-hmm. um we're gonna shout out oh my god what was the other one? Oh, oh, oh black sun black moon oh black sun black moon we're gonna shout out black sink oh yeah we're gonna shout out my homie dave black sink clavalux clavalux noise musician extraordinaire oh our other little homie no face no face uh another noise musician and uh and of course everybody <laughs> that we love <laughs> we'll shout out our dog bullet <laughs> Oh, so that's why the flyer set up Bullet's house. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we couldn't meet Bullet's 15. Okay, Bullet's a 15-year-old Mastiff lab mix. He loves people. He would have been frolicking and joyful out with everybody, except he would also just been like a lump on the ground that would have been impossible to move when all the shit got started. So I had to keep him in the back room. But he would have loved everybody. But I hear him tap dancing right now. Yeah, he's tap dancing. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> but he's 15, so he's an old man. It's because fashion always fed him high quality dog food. <laughs> Good man. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't Bob Body do a comeback show on New Year's Eve? We were going to, and then it got canceled. Omicron canceled it. But you guys should definitely do a comeback show. The, one of their best songs is I Put a Bomb in the Stadium. No more stadium. I didn't write that one, but it's okay. I, blew I, I played drums. The stadium. That's I don't know the, about y'all's stadium, but like I know this. I know a cop in Athens. Like I went to high school with him, and he told me that they have a that UGA has a SWAT team like at the ready for all their football <laughs> games. Oh my gosh! Wow, it's fucking ridiculous. Like they actually think that like that that they're in danger for some reason. Like the oppressed football. I mean, did you hear? Did you hear about? Did you hear about the 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 I don't know how you feel about guns, and and regardless of how you feel about guns, either way, this is ridiculous. This guy, this is a, a, like a set a Second Amendment, like kind of like like really pro gun right wing, like kind of a nut job who's already like you probably heard about this in the news. 
Uh, he had already been um, like arrested for like brandishing a gun and like ramming somebody off the road in 2016. And this guy is like a fucking politician. He works in government. This is the last thing I'll say. Uh, just yesterday, and it, it's, I mean, the guy died. I'll, I'll full, just full, full disclosure. The man died. But why? He rammed a guy off the road. They met up in the parking lot with the intention of, I assume, having a gun duel. The man, this guy, pulled out his gun, like, oh, pulled out his gun, rammed his BMW into the guy's Prius, shot at him, and the guy in the Prius pulled out a gun and promptly killed him. <laughs> it's just, like... In Tallahassee. In Tallahassee. It's just, it just doesn't get much more ironic than that. Yeah, y'all aren't doing anything to help the Florida man stereotype. <laughs> no, no <laughs> nothing whatsoever. <laughs> Yeah, no, be, be wary of the men and their BMWs. Yeah, I know. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, what a great way to finish it. Okay, so. All right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> give us, give us where to find you. Where's your music? Any upcoming projects you want people to know about? All that. Yeah. Ch Chatter is going to release a demo soon. Yeah. So. Yeah. If you, if you care about it. Um, well, yeah, if, if you care about those releases. Um, and follow just, Rip Tape Label. Yeah, just Rip underscore Tape underscore Label on Instagram. That's pretty much the only place I put shit up. And on the band camp, which is just Rip Records bank, Band Camp. All righty. Thank you all so much for coming on. Hopefully I'll be able to um, see you all at a show soon. Yeah. Oh, thanks so much for Thank having you. us. Thanks so much for talking to us. Thank you. Have a good night.